The following is paid for by the Coalition for a Better Hollywood. For decades, Big Movie has had Hollywood studios in their back pocket. They spend millions to get you to spend billions on movies that are nothing more than sequels, reboots, remakes, reimaginings, Oscar cliché and January releases. Big movie lobbyists have all but ensured original film ideas are ignored, forgotten, or maybe not even real. Are they feature films? Are they quality flicks? Are they real motion pictures? You're soon to be, if not already favorite movie podcast stands with the little movies. Help put an end to big movies cinematic censorship and listen to the pop-up film cast every Tuesday wherever honest hard-working podcasts can be found. We are the pop-up film cast, a proud member of the Podfix network, and we support this message. posting a link and telling people to come watch us record are we recording live no but it's a a link to the uh father-son podcasting mic commercial oh from snl <laughs> <laughs> i got concerned i was like wait we're doing this live i'm picturing uh amy frost on twitter right now going oh cool something that's not about the super bowl and then it's like damn you roots <laughs> hello and welcome to the picture show with austin and phil rude i am phil rude the dad i'm austin rude i'm the son every week we watch a movie and then we talk about it we do that's that's the deal that's the show yep that's if, if this is your first week, you haven't missed anything. This is what we do every week. It's a pretty simple premise. Yeah. People ask me, what what's your show about? And it's like, it's a, it's a movie podcast. Like, it's, I, that's it is all just you like, need, really. I mean, it's, it's it. like a thousand other movie podcasts. But this one stars us, so it's better. Well, they're all like... No, it, I mean, that kind of is it. Like, everything is formulaically the same you're just selling up your personality and your take on it i mean like your opinion basically the people who uh listen to this show listen to it because they like you i've heard over and over well uh austin's got the good take so um you know uh you're you're selling our show you're making us stand out people out there that's right who will listen to me for five more people than were listening to you yesterday that's true it's just my boyfriend yesterday. Bringing your total to six. <laughs> uh, what have you been up to this week? Uh, not much. It's a lot of the same old. I feel like, like I feel like we recorded a few days ago. Well, we did the last. No, but it's been Meaning a week. A week. And this yeah. week has flown by in like two days. Yeah. I don't know. Been a busy one. Yeah. Yeah. Work and school and Sure. Doctor Who. See, Doctor Who. There you go. That's that's about it. Well, that's something. Yeah. Uh I will say Which doctor are you on right now, by the way? Uh me and Junior are on the eleventh doctor, that's my boyfriend. And Wait, the eleventh doctor is your boyfriend? I wish. No. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. 
This is big news. I have no I idea. Know. Matt Smith, if you're out there, come home, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, we're on, that's series five out of 12 right now. Okay. That's the 11th Doctor, and current is the 13th Doctor in the 13th season, which is being made right now. So there's like a bunch of news about that. It's a new companion. I'm sure everyone will hate it and oh, then yeah. love it. Mm-hmm. And then the slightest change, they will hate it again. I will say, I don't hate this companion yet, but I was a little frustrated when they introduced him because uh, the past few seasons have had too many characters going on. Mm-hmm. And then they removed two of the main cast. And if that wasn't enough, like we're condensing, we're focusing, it was also going to be the first female-led TARDIS team because female doctor female companion so I was like excited for that that was like my idea and then it was like and we're introducing this guy and he's some kind of 50 year old comedian and man diversity gross (laughs) oh no it has to be all men or all women that's how it works no all black all white all uh, asian i don't i don't know we have to it all has to be one thing though i'm fine with whatever (laughs) it was just like my expectation of what was to come see you've fallen into the star wars trap again that's true yeah i get it we all do it yeah we all watch movies i thought eighth grade was going to be about algebra nope (laughs) not it at all thank god yeah. You can't do algebra. I know. Yeah, would have sucked. Um, I watched, uh, the big thing I watched this week was the uh, Tiger Woods documentary on um, on HBO, HBO Max. The the golfer? Yeah. I, uh, I think it speaks to uh, how good the documentary was because I don't play golf. I don't watch golf. I don't follow golf. Um, but to see, and this is where I like... Um, I like having some time pass before things happen. I remember when the Tiger Woods scandal like unfolded, like where the, he cheated on his wife. He he had a lot of uh, uh, yes extramarital stuff, and then he had like a drug thing that came to light. All these things, and really got dragged through tabloids and uh, the sports press and things like that. And and with a little bit of distance, I think the sharp edge goes away from. From that, people see things clearer. Nobody's excusing uh, the things he did, but, you know, kind of examining what led him to this. And look at this. He has some redemption. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's a lot of the reason um, this is a completely different topic and a completely different perspective on it. But things like the thousand books that came out in the Trump administration, it's like, let's get a couple years from this and see what the bigger impact of this is or it's, it's reporting a news story as it happens yeah in book form where it's sort of like we're not even going to know the full impact of this until a few years down the road right. like uh then it at that point it is like tabloid press where it's just selling a story without you know it's, it's selling the hot story of the day as opposed to like the actual and it works it does I work mean, yeah yeah I mean, well, there was big business in Dragon Tiger Woods through the mud, but um, it actually is a, a, a decent story about, you know, the way that people can change it, it without excusing the fact that he, you know, 
ran around on his wife for years and years and uh, had multiple relationships and uh, just all of these other things. I, I, I like something that doesn't excuse the behavior, but allows somebody to be redeemed somewhat. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Really, all I know about Tiger Woods is that he's a good golfer and that he cheated. That's kind of what most people, I think, know about Tiger Woods. But um, also, apparently, he has a son that golfs now. Uh, yeah, yeah, I did see. I saw some video of like his son also being a great golfer. But it's yeah. like, aren't it's, they so similar? Yeah, he's cheating on his middle school girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, uh, very. Uh, <laughs> let's hope similarities <laughs> don't go all the way through. But. Um, yeah, that's what I watch. HBO makes do good documentaries. I, I've i seen a few on there of things that I don't even, you know, follow or am into. It's, they just present a story very well. And this I, and the uh, theme park one? Uh, the theme park one, yeah. I saw one about uh, Andre the Giant, the the pro wrestler. And right. That's an actually a super great documentary. Princess Bride guy. Yeah, he it's is the, the only Princess thing Bride. I, know I, I mean, that, honestly, I didn't watch wrestling growing up, uh, mm -hmm. so it was all new stuff to me, but also super interesting. You know? Yeah. It's it's just weird. It's like <clears throat> if someone was like, oh, The Rock? You mean the guy from uh, From uh, Jumanji? Or, right, yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, kind of. But The Rock actually, he's a is, movie star. Is a now. movie star, yeah. yeah. Like Andre the Giant was a wrestler who did a movie. That was he, his only movie. I think so. Um, just because they needed a giant, and he is a literal or was a literal giant. But yeah. yeah. <clears throat> anyway, aside from that, you want right. to take us through what we watched this week? Yes. Was your pick. Uh, well, I picked the 2018 coming-of-age comedy and drama 8th grade to watch this week. Uh, the movie is about an introverted teenager. She's trying to get through her final week of middle school. And it stars Elsie Fisher, Josh Hamilton, Emily Robinson, and Jake Ryan. And is written and directed by Bo Burnham. Bo Burnham. Yep, this is his first movie, and it's also Elsie Fisher's first movie. Cool. So it's a debut for a lot of people. Yeah, um, and I'll be interested to see Elsie uh, Fisher, like what she goes on to. Because mm -hmm. she's very young, and it's very hard, even a, a very talented child actor. Which she is. I think she's great. Um it's hard to know, are they going to land in the right roles? Are they going to uh, mm -hmm. be offered more good stuff? Are they going to be pigeonholed in this kind of thing? So um, far, I only <clears throat> know of she did that Adam's Family, the animated Oh, movie. did she? Yeah, she played a character in that. Oh, wow. And I think that's the only other movie she's done to date. I could be wrong about that, though. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, she reminds me of uh, Haley Steinfeld from um, True Grit. Okay. And that, you know, like, she also, very young, very great performance. Uh, and, you know, what she was in that Bumblebee movie. Uh, she was? Yeah. 
I have not seen it. <laughs> Neither have um, I. But she was also in like Into the Spider-Verse. You know, she's she's working and doing some interesting projects. And you just kind of hope like, yeah, stay on that path of, of being visible and doing interesting mm-hmm. movies because I want to see more of you. Um, and then you have someone like from like 20 years ago, Haley Joel Osment, who was in The Sixth Sense and blew people away with that. I believe he got an Oscar nomination as like a nine-year-old. <laughs> um, he, I mean, seriously, That's really so good. Cool. Did a few other movies, but they kind of did not hang with him. Like he kind of fell off the map for a while. He's back now. He's working again, but. You, you need a good agent. As well as good talent. And I think. I think Hollywood stops calling you when you're not a cute little kid anymore. You know, like, they, they like this thing. Oh, he's a good actor and he's this adorable little kid. And then, you know, like, this movie explores the puberty years. Mm-hmm. You know, they're awkward for everybody, including <laughs> actors. And I think that kind of, they're like, uh, no, you're not like this adorable kid anymore. You're a little bit, and I th- I think that happens to a lot of actors, and I I just hope that someone like Elsie Fisher is able to keep getting like good roles that show how good she is, and sort of lead her into bigger and bigger, uh, bigger things. I don't want to say better right. things because this is a a great movie on its own. It's not like right, but but you don't want to do like your best work and then just tap out. I, I, you want to see a good actor have a good career that allows them to, um, continue doing, uh, work that is at their level. You right. know what I mean? Uh, is kind of what I mean. Um, this I, I it's only been three years, so like. Which surprised me that it's been three years. I was just sort of like, wow, (laughs) didn't this movie just come out? But yeah. 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 yeah, I'm not knocking her for not. I didn't look at her IMDb. I didn't Mm -hmm. even know she was in that Adams Family thing, which, you know. I I don't even know how well that movie did. I don't know either. Um, It did look cool. It just came out at a time that I wasn't like... Yeah, I I think it kind of came and nobody really paid attention to it. And it was just sort of a a weird thing. And that's that's very strange because it's like Oscar Isaac was in that movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, People, in a weird nostalgic way, I think still love the Addams Family. As the, you know, like... You see yeah. memes for it. People uh, in my generation love it. I, I think it's an evergreen kind of thing. Not evergreen like it's always in the consciousness, but I feel like uh, my generation grew up with the reruns of the TV show. And then when I like when I was in high school, the, the movies were made. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there, there's an overlap of like me and the next generations. And I feel like a lot of that stuff is carried over. There's like a cult following to the Adams family. Yeah. So... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how it did. Uh, but I do want to talk about, and you'll speak better to this, um, to his career as a whole than I will. But this movie turned me around on Bo Burnham. Uh, I love Bo Burnham. I don't dislike Bo Burnham, but I always thought he was... Um, fart jokes. No, not even fart jokes. I, I, I thought he was like overrated as a comedian 
Um, but I always thought he was interesting. I think he's miscategorized as a comedian. I think he's more of like a performance artist. Mm-hmm. He's, he's producing a, a one-man stage show. A, a comedian has a, a microphone or a, a, even with like guitar acts and, and musical acts. That's one thing. He has a full light show. He, he barely does any actual stand-up. Right. He, I think he did at the beginning of his career when he was like a YouTube comedian. Yeah, he and, did. And, and he had like a Comedy Central showcase. And I saw him do stand-up on TV. But I think quickly he went past that and is more of like an actor, like a like a performance artist. More, it's more like live theater. Yeah, he he has two shows, uh, two filmed shows, I should say. Mm-hmm. I know there's more, um, and like he he is playing a character. He's playing like this arrogant right. guy, and he even has a song at the end of his first show. I can't remember the name, but uh, <clears throat> it's like. It's uh, this song where people come up to him and it's like pantomimed. It's like these recorded voices. Right. And and they're like, oh, hey, uh, I saw your show. Uh, whoa, why aren't you talking? Uh, oh, you're shy? Pfft, no, you're not. I've seen your show. Uh, right. It's and uh, like talking about how they think they know him and yeah, trying to like pigeonhole that He him. became like a big celebrity. Oh, not overnight, but like very quickly and very young. You know, yeah. like his whole experience in the adult world is is being a big star. Like he played Madison Square Garden when he was like twenty five. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like comedians don't do that. You know, uh, like they work their whole <laughs> lives to play something that big. And it's he just crazy. he was really thrust into this uh, this really big arena. He reminds me a lot of uh, Steve Martin in. The way that like Steve Martin did comedy, did stand up comedy for this very, very short time. Mm-hmm. Like everybody remembers him as this great stand up and he was. But at a certain point, he was just done with it and he went on to make movies. And um, he actually wrote a book about his stand up career where he was just like, yeah, I had said everything that I had to say as a stand up. And Bo Burnham kind of strikes me as that because I think when this movie came out, I heard him on uh, uh, Mark Maron's podcast, and that's kind of essentially what he said. He was like, "I've I've done all these big things. This is where I, I want to move this way now." Right. He he kind of uh, he rose to fame like right at like the birth of YouTube and the internet. Yeah. And uh, it was just kind of a right place, right time. But he is really talented. Uh, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to sound like I don't appreciate him as a talent. I you, just you don't sound like that. I I, I think he, he's less of a comedian and more of a performer. And I think this really solidifies. I've always thought he was interesting. I didn't always think he was like the funniest comedian, but I've always thought he was interesting. And this movie shows, like, yes, he is interesting, and he has an interesting worldview, and he's smart enough to present it in this really well-written, really interestingly directed... Really grounded. Really, very grounded movie. A a very accurate look at adolescence that a lot of adults are not able to... You know what I mean? Like, a lot of... Like, John Hughes made movies about teenagers in the 80s. The Breakfast Club, uh, uh, 
uh, I'm blanking. Candles. 16 candles. Yes, all of these things. But, but they're not the most accurate. They're not, I'd say the Breakfast Club is very good at a broad strokes view of cliques in high school. Yes. Um, this really gets down to this minutia about how hard it is to be a teenager and how hard that is on everybody around. Not even teenager. Like a, is that like a tween? Like a yeah. kind of, you know, she's 13, 14, but just this age group of middle school, you're in middle. Like it's they say the it in the movie. worst years of your life. They say it in the movie. It's the middle. You know, in her last video, she's like, it's the middle part. You're not anything. You're just sort of in between. Mm-hmm. And it's hard on her dad. It's hard on the teachers who are look bored and just trying to get through this. It's hard on everybody around these kids. And I think he nails it with with this movie. Yeah, I think every character adds to that. Like, there's, there's of course, our main character. But um, then there's, like, the I don't even care kid. Right. And the I really care popular girl. Uh, and then all the adults that are, like, either talking to them like adults or talking to them like children right. and it's like they're neither like you right. can't you can't just throw a a meme reference or have them walk through a high school with their hands on in like a conga line right yeah the like a little kid holding right. hands like, the, hold on the to the chain. rope now right. yeah, like yes um but also like that that is i think zeroing in on the problem with trying to talk to these kids is you don't know like some kids would respond to holding each other's shoulders walking through that is the best way to handle some of these kids Mm -hmm. and some of these kids you can talk to like adults but not there's no way to talk to all of them in one way there's no way to address that group everyone develops at like a different uh what's it called like scale Uh, at a different pace you're at a different everybody's at a different point at the end of middle school Mm-hmm. yes um and i think and even high school i would say i think i think for a, a good part of high school and i think this movie like really addresses a, a lot of that that um kayla has this idea of where she's supposed to be but um but she's kind of coming to terms with the fact that she's not there like right it's, she wants to hang out with these high school boys, you know, this high school group right? with these high school boys. And then she's like, oh, I'm not, re- this is moving too fast. And, and, uh, th- that's, that's not fair. That's putting it on her. It It's, it's not it's that about... it's moving too fast. It's that she's not ready for this world because it's full of dangerous people like it's and she was completely unprepared for it's it's about expectations like i think the best uh they illustrate it so well with that time capsule Mm -hmm. of like it's showing like okay here's what she thought middle school would be like yes and she's realizing that and then at the end here's what here's her resetting herself and being like okay I'm not going to put pressure on high school me. Yes. I'm just going to do it the way, however I want to do it and it, see where I end up. Right. Her her going into middle school, her sixth grade self is saying, 
hey, you've probably got this. You probably got this. And and isn't that great? And her talking to her senior self is like, do you have a boyfriend? If not, that's cool. You know, mm-hmm. if so, I hope he treats, you know, like, right. how was your SAT? Not like, I know you scored great on the SAT. Like, she just... She, she's not being naive and setting these expectations that now she realizes are, like, so uh, high. Like, I feel like maybe that's the wrong word, but it's like... It's that she was setting an expectation with based on assumptions and now she's going into high school not making assumptions of what high school would be i I feel like she's more open to hey let's see what happens and let's see if i can encourage my future self um without putting baggage on her you know make her not want to burn this time capsule in four years the the very uh last line of that i think is is just so sweet when she goes i can't wait to be you like it's this i mean it's the one expectation she puts on herself is is whatever my future me is will be fine it's really sweet it's it's super sweet and and i i love that i love that last video she makes to herself um let's um yeah, let's take a break and then we'll come back and and jump deeper. In. We like slid right into like already getting into like the deep. Analysis. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to I wanted to hit a couple of those things first, but um, I get it. Yeah, let's let's come back with that. All right, Gucci. <laughs> Did you know that the Podfix Network, home of Pop Up Filmcast, Fish Nerds, Always Never Right, and more, has its own network podcast. Go wherever fine podcasts are found and look for Podfix Presents. Network highlights, interviews, roundtables, and more. All showcasing the eclectic depth of Podfix talent. So, subscribe today. Podfix Presents on your podcast app of choice. And check us out at www.podfixnetwork.com, at Podfix on Twitter, and official underscore Podfix on the gram. The Podfix Network, artist owned and loved. Hey, this is Kate. I'm a forensic psychologist and crisis clinician, and I collect stories. Everything from true crime to trauma to parenthood. There's a lot more in common between depression and sociopathy, or between serial killers and podcasters, than you might think. Are you sure you really want to know? This is Ignorance Was Bliss at iwbpodcast.com and iwbpodcast on social media. And we are back. Welcome back. Welcome back. How was your break? It was a little in the middle. Yeah. Okay, that was a bad joke. I I was going to... Moving on. You should have said, I went to archery camp. Uh, well, if you want to script these... Did you even watch back, this movie? I did. How many times have you seen this movie? I think this is... I don't remember if it's the second or third this time. This is the third time I've seen this movie. I, it's, I think I watched it with you, and then we showed Mom, and then we watched yeah. it again today. Like, I know I've seen this at least three times. I, while watching it, I realized how ingrained it is, kind of like... What do you mean? Like, I know what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Because, like, even though it's been a really... It's been a while since I've watched it, but... uh, I don't know, like, the scenes, they're kind of slow, and they're kind of... You get involved in them and then it kind of it sticks with you they are a little 
I don't want to say slow because that implies boring. And this movie isn't boring. It just, um, it's very deliberately paced. You know what I mean? Right. They're not, they're, it, it feels like you're living it. Bo Burnham is taking his time in in the way he films these scenes and puts them together. And everybody is just going through the pace of, it. it is, it's the minutia of everyday life. Um, mm -hmm. but just put in the hellish landscape that is an American middle school. <laughs> like, um, it, like the scene with her dad where she wants to be on her phone. So infuriating. It is infuriating. And I think that also like sort of illustrates how difficult it is for her dad i feel really bad for her dad through a lot of this because mm -hmm. he really is trying he wants to help but he doesn't know how and even when he goes over the line and spies on her at the mall like he doesn't mean to be inappropriate and and cross mm -hmm. that boundary and he really i think just wants to see his daughter having fun because right. he so rarely sees it. And I know that feeling, but it is also like you you what have What are you saying, Dad? No, I, I know. I never followed you guys around, but I get the I get the feeling of like you you want you want to. You want to right. see them interacting and having a good and, time. And and he knows he's crossed a line when he like sees her reaction. When she sees him, yeah. yeah. Um and you you know that he knows it's wrong when he's doing it. Right. Like, he's not... But he also... We also see in the rest of this movie, he gives her all this space. Like, he understands the thing you have to do with middle school kids. Even when it hurts him. It's it's like, okay, be on your phone. You know, like... Right. Like, it's Friday. You can do what you, you can, want. You can do it. You know, they've come to this compromise. And, you know, he still is trying to connect with his daughter. And... And it is just one of those realities that connecting with your middle school age kid is really difficult. It's, <laughs> I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not no, laying I, a guilt trip on you. But I did look and, at like, I've done some of this. It, like, we all did, like there weren't right. phones, but we all, the, the reason it's, it's so important to kids to have their own bedroom in the house uh, if at all possible, is because every kid wants their own space away right. from siblings, away from parents, away from, you know, like it is, um, we see these levels of Kayla through this movie. You see her at school and around her school friends. She's very quiet. And then you see her at home with her dad. And then you see her in her room and every, you know, you see a little more of the real Kayla, the, the, the further in it's it's like right shedding well well she even says like oh the weekend me oh the like getting to know the real you right right let's talk about let's talk about those videos where she talks about other mm -hmm. kids but she's really talking about herself right i have a question that is going you're probably going to think this is a really dumb question what's the question the scene where she sings karaoke did that really happen or is that her imagination of what she wishes would happen? I had that thought too. I have ever, I I've seen this movie, like I said, three times and I still can't tell. I think, um, I think it's real. I think, 
uh it's kind of like her that's the big step in her realizing she needs to follow her own advice that's her kicking off when she's making a list of like how to make friends and be more outgoing and it goes well and that's the spark and like if that had gone horribly uh if they had laughed or something like it would have gone a very different route i think but but it's just it's it's a little ambiguous and i don't think it's a fail i like that it's a little ambiguous where you go it seems a little like a dream because like everybody's like watching her right but that also is what it feels like if you take a microphone in front of a group of people and everyone's like "Ooh, what how's this gonna go um yeah i don't know i i like the scene a lot regardless because it is a huge shift for her whether it's her you it's either really sad where she is realizing i want to be this but i can't right now or it's really triumphant where she's like, yes, I will raise my hand. I will take that microphone. I, right. I, I like the scene either way. And, and I like that we don't get to hear her sing. Yes. I think either way, that would be not the point. There's a Yeah, there's a movie um, called Lost in Translation that uh, the very end of it, uh, one of the characters says something to the other one. It's about this weird friendship. Uh, it's a kind of pretentious art house movie, but I like it. Um, and it's, it's never said it's the same as like the, the box in Castaway that Tom Hanks carries around and, you know, and everyone's like, what is it? What is it? You know, what, what, what did she say to him? What's in the box that Tom Hanks? And it's like, that's none of that is important. Like, like it's better to just imagine what it might be. It's better to imagine her singing. People just fixate on what they can't see or don't know I, or i think i think it's a great move to have her do karaoke while her voiceover is going and right. and while the other music is going and not hear her um just because yeah there's always someone who will look at that and go there's no way they wouldn't have made fun of her because she didn't sing or there's no way she sings that good or something you know what i mean like there's there, you're gonna nitpick the scene and miss what it's really about which you know right well, well, if you look at this scene where she's in the band, so right. she clearly has music experience, <laughs> right. which means that... <laughs> I want to talk about the band, too. Oh, okay. Uh, because I think that's... Um, that's, I think, what the genius of, like, Bo Burnham is in this movie is um, him putting that scene in here where it's it seems like just this throwaway scene... And kind of funny, because let's all laugh at how bad a junior high band is. (laughs) But also it's like, Kayla plays the cymbals. The most blatantly loud, like there's no subtlety to crashing cymbals. And she looks uncomfortable doing it. She looks so uncomfortable. She's trying to play them quietly. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, and I think that is such a, a... brilliant way to characterize here's Kayla and here's who she is but she's also trying to be this she's trying to uh she she knows she's supposed to be outgoing so she tries all this stuff that isn't her she goes and tries to be like sexual with her the kid she has a crush on right and it's you know, this is something, again, Bo Burnham, great job portraying sexuality 
in kids who don't understand what sexuality is. This could have been really uncomfortable and really inappropriate. And he actually like, it's so accurate. He portrays it as everybody has sexual feelings and they don't know what any of this stuff means. Like they're too young to really interpret it. The kid masturbating in class. (laughs) I, I don't know if the times have changed, but no one I know of doesn't have a story of that. That happened at my school. That happened at my friend's schools. Wow, it's, that is uh it's a weird thing. That is a weird thing. But um yeah, just everything about like the the symbols and I I've never picked it up before. It really like clobbered me over the head. I don't I could be projecting, but it seems like it's this real subtle like character moment for that, Kayla. That does sound right. I I just saw it as another like slice of life like this is middle school. Uh, well, I think that's what the that's what's so great about this movie is everything serves double duty. Like it is a slice of life, but also let's put a little character moment in there. Like, right. it's, and, and I think that's uh, again, uh tip of the hat to Bo Burnham, who I didn't pay again, did not pay much attention to as a comedian, but I think he really has some interesting things to say. And he's someone else I hope makes more movies and uh, right. is actually, more active in in film because i would be really interested to see what else he, I, he he does i was really disappointed when he announced that he was uh done with stand-up and then this movie came out and i was like never mind yeah yeah keep doing no, what keep you're doing, doing. This. um or release an album or start painting whatever something yeah some some kind of expression uh i think he does he's gonna do it in an interesting way right uh and this movie, this movie is personal, but it's something that I feel like everyone can relate to. Like I, yeah, I've, I've watched a lot of like behind the scenes and interviews because I like Bo Burnham. Sure. Uh, and he said in one interview that he wrote Kayla as a girl because he didn't want to like put his biases and like, uh, like something about the gender change that made it more like universal. Okay. Like he can focus on what's something everyone can relate to rather right. than this is a story that boys can relate to. Right. Right. Like we've heard every hack comedian talk about <laughs> get a boner in the middle of class. You know, it's just like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's right. good for like half the audience <laughs> who understand. Like, well, let's see a movie about with that joke like shoehorned in there because that's right. the male perspective on like oh and, that's that's really interesting that it almost just uh just landed in the middle mm-hmm. where th- this movie also doesn't have an embarrassing random period scene or anything mm-hmm. like because that's not something Bo Burnham knows how to write right there's nothing that's too specific to either one outside of like the car scene mm-hmm. the the male gaze the the um yeah the the uncomfortable and yeah the uncomfortableness of that scene that is specific to females but the way it's portrayed like everybody feels that mm-hmm. you know what i mean i don't know what it's like to be in the backseat with a sexual predator, but you do, you feel her awkwardness. You feel her trying not to break. 
it's at the so same time that she knows this is uh this is terrible and she needs to she's trying mm-hmm. to stop it with as little friction as possible right uh because it's it's right on the edge she doesn't know if it's going to get violent she doesn't know if she, it's you know and, and it's 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 a super dark scene in the middle of this movie it's i really forget that this is a middle schooler acting yeah like i don't know how how you even go about that that just sounds it's yeah it's a super weird it seems out of place in the rest of this movie that's what uh but, the first time we watched this um because we talked about it for a long time, just not recording, uh-huh. uh, which we used to do, guys, guys by the way. how this whole thing right. started, yeah. Uh, and I, I said, oh, it's his first movie. This is like his obligatory uh, dark scene, uh, sexual assault. But like... Right. But you pointed out that it does have meaning to the story. No, yeah. I think it's all about her realizing, like, I'm... I'm trying to rush into high school because middle school is such a nightmare. And it's the point where she realizes like, oh, I, this, this is a completely different playing field. Right. Uh, with completely different rules. This isn't the creepy kid uh, uh, trying to pretend that, you know, oh, send me, send me naked pictures and, and, you know, trying to be right. a player. These are these are real like predatory people. Uh, these are adults essentially. To Just her. horrifying. Um, so it it does play in there. And yes, the time that this came out, it's on the heels of Me Too. It's when a lot of people are putting scenes like this, trying to be relevant to the movement that's going on, and. Again, it's like the diversity checklist. It's like, you don't really mean this. You're just putting it in there because it's a hot topic of the day. But this, I think, really... It's a scene that isn't like any other scene in this movie, but it somehow fits the story that's being told. I I think Bo Burnham, like, he does understand, like, this severity. Like, this, it's so nuanced. No, I don't think like, he's at all trying to capitalize on anything. I think, mm-hmm. I think, T- to the point where, like, almost what's worse than, uh, like, the car scene is like after when he's driving her home, and like manipulating her. Oh to yeah, be guilty about the it. The whole like, like that's that's like, I don't it's like so much worse in my opinion. I don't like of, the term gaslighting because I think it gets used wrong all the time mm-hmm. like it gets used when 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 they're like oh yeah so and so uh cheated on his wife and gaslighted her it's like no he lied to her like it's 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 a different the, thing. it's the, a different the thing. New thing is uh calling someone a narcissist yes it's like uh, everyone no <laughs> yes. he's just selfish he's right. not necessarily like that is an actual right. disorder. an actual uh yeah narcissism yeah uh, but uh but no what he does to her is actual like gaslighting he's like you know, you're being a child, you're, I'm trying to help you to the point where he gets her to say, please don't tell, uh, I don't remember what her, Olivia, Maddie or yeah, Olivia, uh, please don't tell Olivia about this. Like she did something wrong. Right. And, and that is that you're right. That is like, um, what you see in the backseat of the car is super uncomfortable. And then when you, she drives home and he, 
puts it on her and she takes it, you know, she, mm-hmm. and like, that is, uh, yeah, that's tough to watch. And then, you know, her going home and crying right. and her dad not knowing, I mean, like, that's a scary moment as a dad I, too. I like, can't imagine it, it, what like, he could have. What, what happened? Did the worst happen? Did, right. you know, like, and it's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty intense sequence actually. Mm-hmm. Um, that the first time I watched this, I was not ready for that. I hadn't heard anything about this movie when I watched it the first time. I I had heard a bunch of stuff. I had not heard anything about that scene. No, so I mean I had guard. I had heard it's good, like, right. and I had heard the interview with uh, Bo Burnham on on Marin Marin show. Mm-hmm. Like I said, um, the other thing I heard on that interview that I thought was really good was that as a writer director, he was still like working with kids and is like a 20 something he was like the oldest guy on set right to where and i i really like this that he wasn't like so precious that he didn't take input he had these kids were telling him like like in his script i think they were using like facebook messenger and these kids were having to say like we don't we don't use facebook that's no one uses facebook that's you guys that's an adult thing Mm -hmm. and He's like, okay, what do you use? And they're like, Snapchat, Instagram. Like it, it was, and right. and and he took that, and I think it even made it into the movie when uh, Kennedy's mom is like, oh, she'll invite you over Facebook, and she goes, no one uses Facebook, mom. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I really it's Bo Burnham laughing at himself. You you hear about? Uh, I think a lot of times, especially like writer directors who are like super. This is my project, and they're super precious about it, and they won't take input from anybody. It's so good to hear that like he worked with his actors and and made the movie better. Like it's, right, it's so so good. I that brings me to, uh, the topic of is this like gonna be a dated movie? Because it's it's very kids change so fast, and it's like there's no TikTok in this uh, movie. There's no there's no current memes. It's all like dabbing and sure Szechuan sauce, and it's like those things aren't universal to all eighth graders. No, no, it's not. But that's not what dates a movie either. I mean, we watch Twelve Angry Men, where they sit in a room in a public building that doesn't have air conditioning like Mm -hmm. technology moves and but the theme of the movie i think middle schoolers will always be awkward and feeling terrible about being middle schoolers and not knowing where they fit in feeling like this is the worst thing um i can't wait to get out of here oh my god you know the next year oh my god i'm not ready for this the Breakfast Club is is takes place squarely in the 80s. People still watch The Breakfast Club because it's themes about where you fit in in high school and what does that mean in the bigger picture of your life. That hasn't changed. Right. Uh, I the the message of this movie is going to stay. I I do think it relies heavily on the technology though. Like it is a uh driving force of the plot sort it, of. it is but also there are movies that where a landline telephone 
relies heavily on the plot. You know what I mean? But it's not the theme of the movie. I think Right. I'm I'm not saying it as a bad thing. I just it popped out at me. Sure. This it's going it's going to be a movie that takes place in the time it was made in. And and as long as people always view it that way, like, oh, this is a movie that takes place in in 2017 because that's when it came out and it was modern for the time. But I don't I mean, will you show your kids this movie? Probably. And will you think at a certain age, yeah. Will you think they will appreciate it or will they be like, This is dumb because Instagram, was that a real thing? Like <laughs> It's not even holographic, Dad. I mean it's Yeah. It's not like those you know, like those horror movies that where like, oh my god, ghost messages are coming from a fax machine and it's all built on fax technology. Right. Um, where <laughs> where the shit is like by the time the movie actually comes out, the technology's already out of date. It's it's based on such like fad tech. Mm-hmm. This movie is is about so much more than Instagram. Instagram is kind of a setting. It's it's just a messaging platform, right? <clears throat> and and YouTube and all of the other. I I even had the thought as we were watching this that like, because uh, this. This movie was inspired by Bo Burnham finding, like, kids' YouTube. Like, not YouTube for kids, but, like, like these ki- obscure, like, like the main character. Right. Uh, like Kayla, uh, who will just, like, record whatever. She's doing a video blog for, like, five right. people, probably. Right. Yeah. And I've seen that on TikTok. Like, there are a bunch of people who essentially have no audience, but they post, like, these vlogs. And I was just thinking, like... It's the same thing, just yeah. a different platform. Just R- right. right, yeah. And and to to speak to that, I I think that's the other great thing about Kayla is that they made this character who has a a YouTube channel that nobody sees, mm-hmm. and um, that she it's sort of like her form of expression. You know, and I feel like when she posts something on Instagram, they show her like she's a little nervous when she posts something. Right. But when she posts something on on YouTube, she uh, she stumbles on her words. She but she's outgoing and she speaks like with authority and confidence. She does her Gucci. She's got a little catchphrase. She got all this stuff (laughs) that a popular girl would have. And she kind of knows she's safe like nobody's gonna see this right and and she is she feels i feel like she feels free to do this it's her playing a part right and and not feeling judged about it right um i like i like that i didn't know that he based it on just finding uh youtube videos because that's that's like seeing a a person at an airport just a random person and going i wonder what that person's story is what that right. person's like life is how every, many airports have they been to every every blog that no one reads every uh twitter with no followers everything there's a real person behind that who lives a full life in, right. in some way i sometimes i do that sometimes i like realize oh this person exist this is a real person right Right. and i think that's fascinating to just yes and i think it's something um that is 
easily lost when we get into the metrics of like how many followers do i have how many like mm-hmm. like this is what we're putting our, our how many ba- listeners does our podcast our, have? exactly uh, uh all of these things is sort of like we're taking our value from something and it's like it's it's easy to lose that real people are behind these mm-hmm. these things that that have very low listenership or what like us right you know. i i actually saw uh a really cool trend where it was people on tiktok they were like uh looking up on google images like what 105 people looks like because that's their follower count and it's like oh wow you guys could feel like a, a classroom or something oh. like like this w- like this like is how a much lot space of how much space people take up right yeah. yeah just to be aware of like oh this number seems small in comparison to like five million that this one famous person has but it's sure. like this is a lot of people that have decided that they're gonna follow you and look at what you're posting and keep up with you right and and I think uh uh that's that's a thing to remember as people who have kind of modest listenership or viewers, you know, I don't have a lot of followers on, I've been on Instagram. I've been on Twitter for 15 years and, and I just have, but it is sort of like, Oh, someone bothered to follow me. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, someone bothers to look at my artwork. Someone bothers to listen to our podcast. Like that's not nothing. You know, when you start going, I don't have enough followers. You start to disregard the people who are paying attention to you. Right. And um, we're way off. Uh, to- we're not even talking about eighth grade anymore. We're not way off topic, though. I feel like it is kind but, of. But it is. Uh, yeah, those those few people, they do recognize like, oh, this is a person here and this person makes content. And I I listen to this, every, you know. Right. Uh, I don't. Uh, one of our listeners listens to us when she goes grocery shopping every week. It's like. She, she's don't like, forget milk yeah uh mexican cokes on the ethnic food aisle amy not not in the soda aisle don't forget that's kind of cool it, it is cool and and you know uh it, i i feel like but i feel like what kayla is doing in this is is sort of it's a safe place for her to be who she wants to be without judgment or or to know that people who do watch me don't know me in real life. They don't know how quiet right. I am. And they're here for because they enjoy this character that I'm playing. She, she even like freaks out a bit at the end when uh her new friend. Oh, when Gabe says on, like, yeah. I saw some of your videos. And, and she, she she's like, suddenly yeah. is worried when like you've never seen that side of her before. And he's like super complimentary. Like you have good advice. And she does. Like right. her. That's that's I think what is partly so painful about parts of this movie is like she she does have advice about being outgoing and and trying and going out of her comfort zone and things like that but she's not even following it she's too afraid to follow her own advice well that's that's anxiety right oh yeah it's, it's not a logical feeling it's like it's even worse when you know here's what to do and yeah. you aren't doing it. Um, 
the, I do have, you said anxiety, and it, it brought me to this note I had in here. Because the other element, we're still on the tech of this as well. This issue does get brought up, and it gets brought up, unfortunately, by, like, one of the douchiest characters. It gets brought up, like, when they're in the mall, and they're talking about, wouldn't you have Snapchat? That, that bro who's, like, just in her face about it. But the idea of being raised online is really present in this movie. Like you said, Instagram is so much in this movie and Snapchat and things like that. And uh, there's so much anxiety that comes with being on social media all the time. And how do I measure up against all of the... Right. So you have the regular anxiety of being in middle school. And then this is piled... This isn't really spoken in the movie, but this was a big takeaway with me. Um is a 45 year old when i take a break from social media i feel relief like right that anxiety is real that that constant like sensory overload all of this stuff it's it's a real thing and then in the anxiety of middle school that kayla probably feels at a baseline level you know it's piled on top of that and I think there is a little something. I don't think he's making some anti-social media statement on here. But I think there is kind of an unspoken thing in this movie about, like, this isn't helping. It's it's recognizing the flaws. I mean, right. I mean, Bo Burnham isn't going to be like, F social media. That's how he got started. Right. It, it, but But he does recognize, like... That guy is right. Uh, they are wired differently. Yes, we, we are. Just I'm I'm included in that. Just a few years difference makes right. makes a big difference in in how you're raised. What you're. I mean, he's like you were seeing dick pics and and it's like it's not about dick pics. It's about right. like it, you know like, but the, there's uh there's this uh weird thing where like a bunch of toddlers now have tablets. Uh, right. I, I've seen people of my generation calling them, like, uh, tablet kids. And it's, like, a joke about how they're gross. And, like, if you ever try to touch their tablet, they growl at you. And, like... <laughs> like they're the, feral the, children. The, <laughs> like. Right. But it's, like, there are kids who legitimately are being raised on technology in an unhealthy way. Sure. And I'm not trying to, like, judge parents here. But it is... I think it is a problem when a kid doesn't has unlimited access to things. Well, I don't think, yeah, I don't think it's, it's a, a value judgment on the technology. And I don't think Bo Burnham saying that I'm not saying that either. Uh, the technology is here. It's not going away. I mean, it's right. I, I, I'm sure when TV came into people's homes, Running your brain. I mean, I heard that all the time. My grandma would come over and go, six feet. You have to be six feet from the TV. I'm like, wait, what? And she would mean it. Like, mm -hmm. it's dangerous to sit closer than six feet. Like, it's rotting your brain. It's making you stupider. And she was right. She's absolutely but... right. Um, but, yeah. And I don't, th I don't think this movie's making a value judgment on that. But it is saying, like, we are compounding anxieties here and we are all having to kind of navigate that in our own way and i think that's part of what kayla's story is 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 navigating uh her way 
through real life, through her online life, and the places where they they overlap, you know, mm-hmm. and and um, I it, think. Go ahead. It's kind of like you have more people watching you. It's like when you're in right. middle school, it's like, all right, you have this set number, and it's a lot, and it's a lot of pressure, uh, and you have the people watching you and the people at the top who you can look up to, and then the internet just heightens it, and you have unlimited... Yeah, people from all over the world can watch you. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, is that good? Is that bad? A little of both, maybe. Right. I, you know, it's... It's yeah, it's all in there and it's I don't know, there's a lot of I think complicated things and I think um I I think he's not necessarily making a judgment on any of them. Mm-hmm. And not in like the cop out way of like you know, gallery artists who are like you decide what the painting is about. <laughs> I think he's just sort of saying these are issues and and let's walk through them. I think there's some kind of symbolism with her cracked phone screen. You know, like, uh, it ends up hurting her, like physically hurting her at, yeah. at one point. And, um, Cause it's this, she's an unreliable narrator when she's online. Uh, yeah. She's created this fake persona. Yeah, that's true. That's hurting her. Um, which I mean, the persona is good. That's who like being confident and, uh, that's who she is at the end of the movie. Right. Uh, but like her pretending she's already there when she's not is hurting her. And also, I think she's also, that bleeds into her outside world when she's making a list of like, talk to people more. All good, all good Mm -hmm. advice. But in the same way that I said, like when she goes into her house, you know, she sheds that. And then when she goes into her room, she shed, you get a little more to the core of who she is and it is a different person. So she's, she's kind of, and, and it's not. It's not a judgment against her because I think it's just a reflection of something we all do. We all are different people when we go out into our workplaces or schools or whatever. Because you can't be a hermit who just growls at people like you do, like yeah. you are when you you know. Everyone, uh, like code switching, isn't that what it's called when you when uh, you change the way you talk and act to different people? Like... I I don't know what it's called. I know. Um, the term masking right uh which is like just trying to kind of fit in uh that's used in like autism conversation a lot but also but ADHD I think, and anxiety I think and just in general people yeah mask. people people uh uh on the spectrum and around the spectrum get real mad when when people who aren't on the spectrum say yeah I do that too but it is like no realistically we all do that to some extent. We maybe don't have to. It's it's harder for some people. Uh, absolutely, but... and 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 but I think everybody everybody has their work persona. You know what I mean? Right. And and all of these other things. So, and and I think we see that with Kayla. Um, the other part of her performance that I think is great is that no matter how uh, confident she tries to be, it always is given away. By the way, Elsie Fisher walks. Oh, her it's walk, so her hunched over walk. This, this don't notice me. You know, trying to it makes it very noticeable. Be, be smaller and and the very quick steps. I think I think is is so. <laughs> she is so good mm-hmm. at at just this hurried walk 
uh, of of hopeful invisibility that she does through her school. Right. Oh, it's so at the pool scene. It's oh my god. Yes. I just want to turn it off. <laughs> so I mean, imagine going to a a pool party. Like pool party's got to be the worst for middle school girls with body issues like yeah right i I didn't like taking my shirt off in the pool and i'm not (laughs) but uh yeah yeah the only time she breaks out of like the the low self-esteem walk is when she tries to talk to kennedy and her friend she gives her the letter oh i hadn't noticed that uh, because she does like the little finger guns. Well, oh, yeah. catch you later. <laughs> She's trying to be like the cool, but she doesn't know how to be cool at the right. same time. And it's just. Um, well, I like that um, about her at the end. Like this is in a nutshell, a transformation story, like her becoming more confident. Right. But she's not becoming a different person. Like yes. in that scene, she is trying to be a different person in the scene where she tells Kennedy off. Uh, she does it in an, a kind of awkward and weird way where she's stumbling over words and, like, she leaves mid-sentence because she's like, all right, I'm done. Right. But, like, she did it, and it was yes. important to her and powerful. Right. But she wasn't a different person doing it. And uh, the scene right before that with her, when she burns the time capsule and she talks to her dad, and she finally has, like, a heart to heart with her dad. And she stops like keeping him at an arm's distance. She stops uh being mad at him for just being her dad. And she hugs him. Like she she actually kind of breaks down all the barriers she's put up mm-hmm. and actually, you know, learns a little bit about herself because her dad tells her and and lets herself, you know, be his daughter. Right. I I love that scene so much. It's it's really good. It's uh <clears throat> it's one it's, of those It's basically like she has been avoiding like what her main problem is and she finally just let it out and finally he was able to address how ridiculous that is. Well, it, yeah, her main problem is that she thinks she's a dysfunctional person. And I think mm-hmm. that's really common in middle school. Because you just don't fit into anything. Right. And you think there's a problem with you. And it's like, no, the problem is with the world. You know, everything, especially your world at that point. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. The The idea of her kind of claiming her own identity without changing her identity, mm-hmm. I think, is the big transformation in this story. And that that is a great couple of scenes where it comes across. Because the the cool people in this movie are mean. Like, oh, they're, they're I hate them. They're the mean people, yeah. and it and it just kind of shows, like, yeah, these people who are the coolest kids in school are kind of the worst kids in school. Mm-hmm. Um, I at that end scene, I and kinda, that's not always the case. The, right, it, but I but know. like in within this this world they are showing you these are the people you're trying to measure yourself up to a lot of times mm-hmm. and they're the people you should just write off and leave alone right i at that at the end there i kind of wanted her to like be more mean to kennedy like call her a bitch or something because of how she's treated you but then i was like no she's better than that like exactly it's it's a high road kind of thing right so yeah cool. i I also like that the dad, um, 
he's stumbling a lot, but like especially in that scene where they burn the time capsule, mm-hmm. like he he it, it it's one of those moments where they could have easily been like, oh, he has the perfect words to say to comfort, but like he takes a while to get there. Like he doesn't know how to address the situation. Yeah. Um the the uncertainty of it when uh when she goes, "Will you help me burn something?" and he goes, "Yes." <laughs> like that is first of all like the best line in this movie. Um but yeah, and he's um he's kind of dancing. He's not trying to he's trying not to pry. Right. For one. And he's also like I hope whatever this is is a positive thing you know what i mean like right and uh it it really kind of shows him um respecting her but this is after the mall after following her at the mall Mm -hmm. and he's really trying to respect her boundaries and but he's still concerned and uh i mean how concerned would you be if your daughter came home trashed her room oh yeah no uh uh a hundred percent. And, you know, it's kids scary. come home really upset all the time. And, and a lot of times what kids are upset about is nothing. And you have to kind of talk right. them down. But, like, this is something she's hanging out with older kids. And um, and then, you know, and then wanting to burn things in the backyard. It is just sort of like, it, it, I think that's a great uh, symbolic thing that the character did. And also that the movie did, where she's letting go of a lot of the baggage she's carried through middle school. Right. And and I think it kind of was a, a negative thing. Uh, she, she, she you think wanted, it was a negative thing? I, I think it started out that way. I think she wanted to get rid of... I, I don't even want to remember me in the first weeks of middle oh, school. Yeah. And, and then her dad kind of turned it into a positive thing. And made her let go. And, yeah. I hadn't even really considered that it had started that way. I thought she was... I, I, I don't think she had the best intentions doing Yeah, that. maybe not. Um, There's... Where she kind of winces at... It's like the coolest girl in the world is on the lid. Uh-huh. And then... She's it, cringing at herself. At the end, she writes that on her, her new time capsule. She's like, no, no, no. This is... This is hopeful to, to hope that she's going to be the coolest girl in the world. I didn't even catch that. Yeah, that yeah. Was the same. Uh, yeah, she writes the same thing on on her new one and makes another video. She's not. She knows she may cringe at it, but like we said, this isn't about expectation anymore. It's it's about just hoping that whatever happens, you know, I hope the best for you. So right. Yeah, it's a it's a super positive turn at the end and i think the fire is kind of what kind of seals it Mm -hmm. you know she accepts i am still a kid gabe is the best fit for me right now right you know he's a nerdy kid who likes cartoons and mcdonald's food Mm -hmm. like he he's kind of like the antithesis of her in the way that he has almost no social anxiety or even awareness like <laughs> no he's, he's just completely unaware of, of what he's supposed to be 
And that's great. That's what she needed. At the pool party when everybody is acting cool and, you know, he's got the goggles on. He's like, I swam all the way across the pool. <laughs> like, he's still Not like... the voice. He, he's, he's very much a little kid still. Right. Um, let me... Let me do a handstand. Yeah, I, I think I think Gabe's great um, mm-hmm. just because at the end, it's like, yes, she accepts that mm-hmm. that Gabe is is her good friend now. And that is kind of how middle schoolers should act. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, well, to, like we said, depending on the maturity level. Right. And she's sort of accepting instead of where I think I'm supposed to be, this is where I am. Mm-hmm. And it's that- on par with with gabe there's this thing uh with teenagers which like it makes sense but it's like judging people who aren't as mature as you uh it's this whole thing of like i'm in eighth grade i'm gonna make fun of sixth graders right i'm a senior i'm gonna make fun of freshmen uh and like even like bullying people who are like gabe it's because you want to be more mature you're like oh you should be at my level uh, yeah, and there's a lot of, um, there's just a lot of awareness on the other end of that, of, you know, like, Gabe's unaware, but, like, when she gives a game to uh, Kennedy at her party, mm-hmm. like, she's getting nice clothes and things from all her other friends, and she gives her a card game, and it's like, uh at that stage when you're in seventh, eighth, ninth grade, you know, you want to pretend you're too mature for a card game. I don't play games. Those are for babies. Those are for, you know, like, and you know, she's still at this place where like, no, I'm not going to deny how fun a game is and, and give it. And then she becomes very aware of like, Oh, this, this isn't a kid's party anymore. Right. um, there's nothing wrong with it and she didn't think there was anything wrong with it until until, she saw until she starts seeing it yeah until you compare yourself or they compare you or yeah it yes that that's the terrible thing about parties is Mm -hmm. the the opening of gifts and and every then it becomes a contest and here's a gift card (laughs) it's it's really strange yeah um also how much how how bad did Kennedy's mom want to hook up with Kayla's dad? So bad. <laughs> so, I and I get a feeling like Kayla's dad also completely unaware that he's like probably like the hot school dad. <laughs> he's the dilf. He's the uh, he's the single dad at the yeah. uh, at the school. I that's gonna be twelfth uh, grade. The sequel is that, will is that be. It? Uh, Kennedy and Kayla are stepsisters yeah. <laughs> like, having to learn how to live uh, in the same house. <laughs> so weird. Hire me, Bo Burnham. Or don't, because that would probably not be as good of a movie. Yeah. Yeah, I think right. I think Bo Burnham's got it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you got anything else? Uh, I did want to mention the music in this movie. Because this movie isn't just written and directed oh, by Bo it's Burnham. It's super Bo Burnham-y. It's, yep. It is, but <laughs> I think it works. It's It works in the context of the movie. I wouldn't want to listen to a soundtrack album of this. Me neither. But it is it is what movie music is supposed to do is, is match the scene. Like, mm-hmm. whatever Aiden's 
theme music is whenever he walks it. It's I th- so funny. It's so hilarious. Um, his his close-up of the <laughs> eyes. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is what's going... No matter what he's doing. That's what's going uh, yeah. on in a middle schooler's right. head when they see their crush. Yeah. Um, yeah, and there's an, there's an Enya song in here, too, that also fits. Enya probably could have scored a lot of this movie. Who? But uh, Enya, she was this, uh, I think, Irish... New Age uh, synth pop singer in the 90s. Okay. Um, I'll play some for you later. All yeah. right. I, I don't remember um, a song being in here. That's yeah, why I'm like... It's, it sounds like a Bo Burnham song a All little right. bit. like but A little more like low-key, softer edges to it. But yeah. And this time I also noticed uh, there's like a jingle that plays every time one of her videos starts. Oh yeah, there's Every a little time the sound. Voiceover, yeah. There's like it sounds sort of like a camera turning on, but it's definitely it's a little a chimey, yeah, yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, so uh that's it. Also, uh active shooter drills, they'll never not be disturbing to see. Um yep. but uh you know, that's it's not the, like that at my work. That's the is... world we live in. So Yeah. Uh we want to thank the volunteers from the drop department. <laughs> The one talking to it's, her with red on her face. It's so disturbing. Uh, back to normal. Uh, it's yeah. it's a nice little uh, political commentary little without and... without being heavy handed about it. But uh, that's eighth grade. Uh, big recommend. Obviously, I think from both of us, yeah, uh, we're big fans of this movie. Um, and I can't wait to see what Bo-, Bo Burnham brings us next. I. I don't know if he's working on anything right now. Maybe I'll, I'll have to check to see if he's said anything publicly. Well, I'm sure he's doing something. I'm sure at a certain point, yeah. Whatever next. Or Elsie mm-hmm. Fisher. I'd like to see what she does next. Both of them. Uh, let's move on to shout-outs. All right. What do you got this week? Uh, I have a book this week. Okay. Uh, it's called The Forest Unseen, A Year's Watch in Nature. And it's written by David George Haskell, I believe, is how you pronounce that. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I got this sort of, like, I looked up, um, because I'm trying to get into botany, and, like, more the scientific aspect of it. Right. Because I do, like, I enjoy growing plants and stuff. And I was looking at biology books, just kind of, like, what are the best ones? And this is one that kept coming up, so I ordered it. Uh, this was like a few months ago. I, I'm not even done with the book. I'm like halfway through cause I read very slowly. Okay. And yeah, it's a really interesting thing. This guy, uh, he picked a spot, uh, that was a few feet long in a forest near his house. And he just went there pretty much every day for a year and observed the changes in this one very specific area. Yeah. Uh, and the way he writes it is so poetic and beautiful and he relates it to like bigger scientific concepts. Like, uh, he'll take, he'll write a whole chapter on like, oh, I inspected the leaves in my area and found that a deer had made these bite marks. And then he goes into how does a deer eat, uh, a branch and it's got these, uh, this like microbe in a second stomach that dissolves it and he'll go into like the nitty-gritty of that but it's always like it's 
explained in such a simple and poetic way right without like all of the super specific jargon and it's connected to like these real world experiences that he's seeing interesting Uh, and it won like the nature outdoors writing prize in 2012 okay uh I didn't know that was a thing, but it won an award. New to me. So, yeah, I think it's really cool, and everyone should check it out. All right. Yeah. What do you have? Uh, I'm going to pull an Audible uh, in order to match your uh, shout-out, and I'm going to also shout-out a book about nature. It's called A Walk in the Woods, Rediscovering... um, I'm sorry rediscovering i'm sorry rediscovering i'm sorry (laughs) it's called a walk in the woods rediscovering america on the appalachian trail by bill bryson and it is about a guy a journalist who decided to take i think he took about a year and uh walked the appalachian trail um and met up with took an old friend with him and just sort of uh his he's he's a little more comedic it's not a scientific book but it's just mm-hmm. his experiences uh walking the trail and uh and what it was all about for him and sort of you know what started out as a kind of a curiosity and he kind of becomes more and more accustomed to uh uh, walking the Appalachian Trail. I I would love to walk at least part of the Appalachian That's Trail. That's a big thing to take on. Uh, yeah, and he doesn't. At a certain point, he breaks off. He comes back home, and then he goes back to. Uh, it's not one to, continuous. No, a, a lot right. of people hike uh, the trail in sections, and I think if I ever do that, that's. I mean, I. Not a lot of people can take a year off of their job and their life and right. go live on it in the woods but um i wish um it i i wish too it'd be really nice yeah. but uh you know it's it's a really interesting book uh for me because i have some interest in in doing that i enjoy just day hiking and stuff now mm-hmm. um but it is you know just sort of like a in in the spirit of i haven't read the book but i saw the movie wild about the uh pacific coast trail and the woman who who hiked that and it's 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 very similar in that it's almost fish out of water learning to ad- adapt to living in the woods and mm-hmm. what's that sound and it's really a, almost nothing but everything sounds very loud out there and it's it's a really a kind of a funny take of like oh I don't really belong out here but here I am and um that's cool it 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 is cool it's a it's a fun book and um uh I don't know. I just it. You started talking about yours, and I was like, "Oh, well, here's a here's a book on my shelf." <laughs> I'm changing mine. Uh, when yeah. you're done with yours, uh, let's swap books because I'm really interested in in reading that. Yeah. Um, uh, so if anyone wants to read a book about a year in nature, uh, you've got two we got choices. two of them right here. Yes, yeah. please check them out and let us know what you think. Mm-hmm. On that note, I'm going to say thank you for listening to this episode of The Picture Show with Austin and Phil Rude. If you enjoy our show, please leave a review on your podcatcher of choice. It really helps our visibility and helps others find the show. That's right. Another way to help us grow is to tell a friend. Or 
alternatively, film a bunch of YouTube videos of you raving about our amazing podcast. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to do it, even if you don't yeah. have that many viewers. Or just direct them to our YouTube channel. Yes. Yeah, you can do that. That works too. My movie next week. That's right. What did you pick? We are going to watch the big screen adaptation of the beloved children's book, Where the Wild Things Are. Oh. Yeah, that's right. I saw this movie when it came out in theaters, have not seen it since. Uh, it's strange, is all I remember, and I have been in the mood for something strange. So, we're going to take a look at it. All right. I, I just remember it being very different. Yes. Than... Yep. What it's adapted. I, I I make no promises uh, as to quality because I, I, this could be good, bad, or indifferent. I've only seen it the one time, but uh, yeah, I, I've been curious to check it out again, and uh, I thought this would be a good place to pick it apart. All right, I sure let's go for it. <laughs> All right, <then. laughs> yeah, well, well, it's not a negotiation. Uh, we're watching. Hey, we have veto, we have veto power here. Uh, right. we, you know. Uh, what's your social media? Throw it out there. Uh, Austin and Rude, Austin dot n dot Rude, TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. Perfect. What about you? I am philrude.com at philrude on Twitter at philrude seventy five on Instagram. All right, that's how you find us. That's it, Austin. You want to read the credits? Yep, we did everything ourselves. There you have it. We'll see you next time on the Picture Show. Gucci. Gucci! <laughs> <laughs>